Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So... Now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years, with a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2000 through 2021 sales. So down beat room here after we just watched Everton lose for the fourth and second time in the Premier League. It was 1-0 against Burnley. It was the same sort of lineup, same formation, and it was all very predictable. Um, and Liverpool just scored a 96-minute winner against Leicester to cap it all off. Um, we're cursed, aren't we, Dave? Uh, there's someone up there with a camera on all of us, mate. Uh, I, I don't... You can't write these things anymore. You know that old cliche in football. You couldn't write this when someone scores a last minute winner off the kneecap or something like that. You really can't write this anymore with, with Everton. I mean, obviously Liverpool result compounds it, but we're all resigned to them winning the league anyway. But this football club just batters you from pillar to post and expects you to keep on getting up. And, and to be honest, mate, I don't know how many more times I can get up off the canvas because it just feels constantly like you're just knocked out every single time. It, to, to continue with the boxing analogy, it feels like you do get up off the canvas, you get some air in your lungs and feel like you've got a fighting chance every single season and the same haymaker comes and it's you squared in the face and puts you right back down. And that's what Everton make you feel like. That today was as abject as we've seen. Um, the Sheffield United performance, I said at the time, it felt like the Burnley home game under Ronald Koeman. Well, that was the Burnley home game and and something even worse. I think that we saw today, it was completely gutless. It was 
there was there was no tactics involved whatsoever there. There was a cowardly performance by so many on the pitch, and not least the manager as well. I think you know you look at the the team he set out with. We lost three games on the bounce, yeah. uh, and it, and he proceeds to select the same eleven. It it just feels like Groundhog Day, Matt, and I'm I'm sick to death of watching the same old shite every single time we take to the pitch. And it, it transcends whoever the manager is. We know this now, don't we? It's it doesn't seem to matter who it is. It's the same horse, different jockey. And I honestly do not know where we go from here. You, there'll be people listening to this saying we need to sack Marco Silva. They're probably right. But I, I posed the question to you while we were watching the game, and that was, what way do you look at it? Do you do you think a manager should be sacked if there's no alternative? I I don't know where to, I honestly don't know yeah. where to stand on that because look what happened when we did sack Ronald Koeman we went five weeks with David Unsworth who quite obviously wasn't the choice to be manager and ended up with Sam Allardyce where, what, 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 I don't know how you make the decision I don't know what the process is and I don't know if there's anybody out there who can who can do something better yeah. to be honest with you I want to come on to the manager towards the end uh, but, but Paddy Boylan's here as well and um I think that the strongest word Dave used there, Paddy, which was cowardly. He said Everton were cowardly at Turf Moor today. Um, and I think it's, 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 it is a big word to use. Would you go along with that? Were Everton cowards at Burnley today? I mean, it, I, th- well, I, th- I think it's interesting that you use the word curse. And I think curse suggests that there's some kind of intervention from above. Um, there's some kind of jinx or hex on Everton. That... from below, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite, quite possibly. Um but I think when when we say things like that, it kind of skirts around the issue. And, oh, of course, yeah. I mean, course. I know you're only saying it jokingly, but Everton are their own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the players on the pitch. That's not just the manager, but it comes down to everything within the football club um, relating to footballing matters. So, for example, you've got two centre-backs at the moment here, both of whom effectively fulfil the same role and there's no balance. They're decisions made in the transfer market that are still hindering Everton's progress even now. Um, look at that team on the pitch today and there was no semblance of coherence for me. They look like a group of 11 strangers that are being thrust together in the park and asked to kick a ball around between them. Not a well-oiled professional Premier League side with aspirations of the top six. Everton has spent an awful lot of money but the midfield wafer thin set-piece issues obviously remain and, and are now rearing their head again, their ugly head again. And I, I obviously sat here and watched it with you guys. Not only was Everton's last major chance, the one that Iwobi saw blocked in the first half, um, there was no kind of response to going behind. But I think what I said to both of you is that the, the one overwhelming thing for me to take from that game was that poor decisions were being made all over the pitch there. You've got your captain thundering in to tackles and trying to win headers that he's never likely to win when on a yellow card when you've lost four effectively is it four out of five league games on the spin you've got your central midfielder trying to clear the ball with an overhead kick and putting it right to a Burnley player on the edge of the box when you're trying to get out of this lurch that you're in Um, and you've got players um, just surrendering fouls to a side like, let's be honest Burnley are very very limited as a football team we, we all know what they're going to do and we all know how they're likely to get joy and I think at times Everton actually did deal with that threat aerially quite well Yerry Mina for me best Everton player on the pitch mm. um, won countless headers and relieved that pressure but they only need to get one of them right 
and Everton only need to switch off for one moment. And when you're as bad at defending set pieces as, as Everton are at this moment in time, you simply cannot afford to allow the opposition to have so many opportunities to load the ball into mm. the box. And I just felt as though the, there was just no nous there in terms of stopping them, giving away silly fouls, losing the ball in dangerous areas. Um, I've just praised Mina, and I, I stand by the fact that I think he was Everton's best player. But he tries to dribble out on the left wing, and in the end, Everton end up conceding a, a, a corner in the second half and then the pressure continues again we just don't know how to re- alleviate pressure we don't know how to relieve spells of of pressure from the opposition and going the other way we never really look like scoring goals so yeah we could, we could play till tomorrow we wouldn't have scored mm-hmm. as, as far as I'm concerned so it's not just I mean sometimes we we, we try and diagnose areas of the team that are are failing, or one specific area of the side that's failing. But I'll put it to you: Is there any part of the team that's actually working? No, because no, I don't. No. I don't see anything that's going right with that team at the moment. And this is not just an overreaction. This is. I don't see the centre half partnership doesn't complement the full backs. Uh, Luca Dean was a good signing, but there are problems on the right. Uh, midfield doesn't look at all balanced for me. Uh, everything goes out wide and the strikers don't look like scoring goals. What in this team is working? Because I, I just don't see anything about it that is giving me cause for optimism, to be honest. Yeah, and I think I think even when you're not playing well sometimes, Dave, you sort of, you can get through games by, like, you know, like Paddy said, just by being streetwise and being canny and slowing the game down when you need to, by doing the right things, by winning cheap fouls. But I think when you go into these games and you're indisciplined like Everton were today, and I think you were saying during the game that we've had, or you might might be Paddy one, he's saying that we've had more red cards than any other Premier League team since Marco Silva took over. I think that's that's an even bigger worry for me in regards to you've got lads on the pitch. I think Coleman's first yellow card, it is accidental to be fair to him, but you'd expect someone of his experience, someone wearing the captain's armband, and someone who had a really good game last week to you know and looking to build on it, just to not make a stupid decision like that with an hour in the game, you know. Granted, I don't think anyone's sitting here saying we're going to go on and win this football match, but it's still on the balance and it feels like a 50-50 game. As soon as he makes that decision, you know what's happening, you know what's coming, you know they're going to load the box, you know they're going to get chances, you know they're going to take mm. one eventually. And You just look at someone like Coleman and you think if he, somebody who's experienced, somebody who's the captain, if he's making those sorts of disciplinary lapses, it's, it's probably the sort of thing that's going to run through the entire squad. And we've seen that with the numbers of red cards we've had. And we, we've seen it time and again, haven't we? You think back to Ashley Williams against Leon. Mm. Um, you think back to times when players were just completely lost their heads. and Snyder on the open day of the season. Exactly. It, 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 when you explain that to somebody and you say to them on the face of it, oh, Everton have got one of the worst disciplinary records in the Premier League, most sentence off in, in the last two seasons, that would indicate to people who've not watched us the oh, well, these players are quite clearly fighting and they're up for a scrap and a battle and they're trying to win everything on the pitch. But it's all little shithouse things, aren't But they? it's quite yeah. the opposite. Yeah. It is, it, it's actually the opposite effect. When you watch these red cards, they seem, they're cowardly. The people, um, like you say, shirking responsibility, um, not wanting to be on the pitch. And you look at the body language of some of them and, and you're like, why have you even bothered showing up? What are you showing to this manager that's leading for him to pick you? And then, obviously, like like we have mentioned earlier on in the in the podcast, there, why is the manager still feeling as if that these players are the ones that need to be selected? I mean, you've got Bernard on the bench there. He didn't make a substitution until he put Gomez on uh, for Schneiderlin in eighty three minutes. What he thinks Morgan Schneiderlin's going to do when we've gone one nil down and are down to ten men is completely beyond me. And as you say, Coleman, 
how many times did were people shouting for him to be the skipper not so long ago when uh, when Jaggy Elka was was the captain um I didn't see any leadership skills on that pitch there. Um, he came out that the, what I've seen from him this season. He came over when we were down at Villa, as a little bit of a set two with a couple of fans who were kicking off, probably well within the rights to because we were horrific at Villa Park that night on the Friday, and then uh, he, he does the same at Bournemouth, but he barely comes anywhere near the away fans to give a reaction to it. Just applauds them. I don't. I'm sick of these platitudes. I don't. I, I, I want to see it done by example. Again today, I think Michael Keane come out and said some nonsense about putting mm. things right. Fed up. Just shut up and get on with performing. Get on with actually doing something for that badge on the shirt, because it it, it feels like a complete waste of time right now. And I do actually question what the point in in Everton is right now, um, because we don't seem to exist in any sort of footballing capacity. And now we find ourselves back in a situation as we were, what, two years ago, where the manager looks nailed on to lose his job at some point. Might be now, might be in a few weeks, whenever. Um, we, we, we sat in and had this exact same discussion with Ronald Koeman when he was in charge, Matt. And I just don't know where we go. I'm completely lost uh, as an Evertonian. And you, you don't take any, any better, do you? We've got West Ham, who are flying and might well... As we're recording this, go on, go on to beat uh, Crystal Palace at home. Mm. Brighton have just battered Spurs 3 0. These games, which we all identified as ones that we should really be capitalising on early season and getting right up the table, all of a sudden you're looking at them and think, could this turn into six pointers uh, at the, down at the bottom? I'm not sure if we've gone into the relegation zone, but we're pretty we'll going to the bottom three if Newcastle beat Man United tomorrow. We're near as damn it, and you know, that, that's a reflection of where we are right now with this yeah. team. It's, it, we're in crisis mode. Once again, and I never thought I'd sit here after having all that investment in the football club and everything that's, that, that sort of looked so promising when Farhad Mashiri come in and thought I'd, I'd yearn and pine for the days of finishing fifth under David Moyes. I thought we were something far more spectacular was on the horizon for us. We've got worse. We've spent all that money. We've gone through that many managers. We've gone through that many players. And actually gotten worse I, I'm not sure anyone else has, has done that sort of thing and it, it it's upsetting to be honest with you because we devote our lives to this stuff our, all of our careers are based on it it affects my moods more, more than most other things really in my life and you sat there thinking will somebody please stand up will somebody show a set of bollocks and actually get this football club sorted because it just looks like a gang of shit houses right now in blue shirts and, and I think Paddy you know Dave sort of said there about someone standing up and someone showing some bollocks. And I think the fact that no one did today is, you know, another thing to file in that, that thing you said about everything being so predictable. You know, the formation was predictable. The way in which Everton played was predictable. The goal they conceded was predictable. The, you know, the lack of discipline was predictable. Even the substitutions to a degree you could sort of see, see coming. And I think that's... I think that's why Marco Silva's not garnering too much sympathy from a lot of Evertonians at the moment, isn't it? Because, you know, we've, we've lost three games in a row going into this into this football match, four out of five. We've played the same system with the same sorts of players. We've not really seen... We've not seen a three at the back at all. We've not really we've not seen a four-three-three three at all. We're playing Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's struggling before massively in, in a number 10 position. We've got Bernard Sass on the bench, as you mentioned, who hasn't got a minute today. And I think if you just tried something a little bit different today, we'd maybe be sitting here saying, well, do you know what, at least... At least he went into the game with fresh ideas. He recognised some issues and we tried to rectify them. But the fact he continues to keep doing the same thing over and over again, that, 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 I think that's something 
when we get into situations like this, which annoy his fans more than anything. When you feel so you, when you're a, when you're a supporter and you feel like he can recognise issues on the pitch, and the fella on the sidelines who's watching it every week is not recognising those issues, it becomes very hard to identify with him then, doesn't it? Well, yeah, you said yourself that most of these issues have been pretty regular throughout the early stages of the season now, but the solutions proposed by Silver look the same and the same tired solutions that didn't work last time and didn't work the time before and the time before that. Um, there, are, there are a number of issues and obviously so far this season one of the main ones has been having more possession but being unable to carve chances against sides that sit deep. Um, again, that was a problem today but Silver's solution is to persevere with this 4-2-3-1 um, that I think looks really stale the midfield looks really stolid. We don't really create chances. Like I say, it wasn't really to do with the fact that they had um, 10 men mm. after half-time for me. It was more that they just weren't good enough at any stage in the game. And that that is true for me for before the mm. uh, sending off as well, uh, and certainly before the goal. Um, so when you propose those same solutions all the time, when, when your manager's doing that, then yeah, of course, he gets less sympathy because... People aren't seeing um, innovation, aren't seeing ingenuity, aren't really seeing anything to give them much faith or much confidence. I think if we, if we come away today and we'd, we'd lost 1-0, but they'd, be, they'd been a little bit unlucky and they'd, they'd had a go after going a goal down and having the player sent off and, and maybe Moise Keane had hit the bar or what, whatever, and we'd maybe seen a different system, then yeah, like you say, maybe people would have said, OK, he's trying some different things here. He's trying to progress. He's trying to get us out of this rut but at the moment he, because he's persevering with the system it doesn't look like he's able to mm. um, or knows what to do to, to kind of turn things around and that, that's a real worry for me um, particularly when you're seeing players that are underperforming time and time again uh, for whatever reason um, kind of being persevered with and others who you think would make a difference um, being sat on the bench um, everything is always like for like Calvert-Lewin comes off when you're chasing the game, you put Moyes Keane on. Can the two of them not play together? Mm. Um, can we not take Sigurdsson off and put Iwobi in the centre and move Bernard to the left? Um, and I, I, I go back to this point about partnerships and, and the way things look all over the pitch. And for me, I, I still think last season's best partnership was Luca Dean and Bernard. Yeah. Why? I, I don't really get why. Iwobi's done okay. Uh, didn't think he was great today, but on the whole, I've been relatively impressed with the early stages of his Everton career. And I think there's a role for Iwobi. But why would you rip up the best part of your team? Yeah. It wasn't a failing part of the team, Especially was it? Especially when the other two good partnerships we had have been disbanded because yeah. Garner's gone and Zuma's gone back to Chelsea as well. So all of a sudden, the three key areas of the team, you can say from last season, where lads were linking up and, and knew each other's games really well, have, have all completely disappeared now. Yeah, well, why, why, would, you, why would you then things have been taken out of your hands with, with other players and with injuries and everything else. Why then would you look at that combination down that left-hand side and go, we need to change it? Mm. I could understand why he, looked at the, why he would look at, say, Delph and Schneidlin and say, that's not working, because it's not working, let's be honest. I, I can look at him going to the right-hand side of the team and going, that's not working at all, either in an offensive sense or a, a, a defensive sense. But I, d- I don't get the Bernard Luca Dean thing at all. And y- yeah, of course, Bernard's not as productive as he needs to be. But he was unlocking something in Dean as well. So it's 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 about combinations, about patterns of play. 
And this, moving away from that, I, I think, is just another issue. It's another question mark or another black mark if we go a step further against the manager as he's trying to get things back on track. Um, do, do, I mean, to you guys, does it look at the moment as though we're able to turn things around? Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't see an awful lot of quality um, there to draw upon. There's, it's not like we can get a 20-goal a season and back yeah. tomorrow who's going to start scoring goals. They're not good enough in either area. Um, and they're not good enough anywhere in between as well. So I guess what I'm saying is Everton are not a very good football team. And I, I think that's been quite evident now for, for several, several weeks. The Bernard thing, and I keep coming back to it, really surprised me because he scored that goal against Watford to win Everton the game. Everyone said he was one of the best players on the pitch. Silver was pleased that he'd taken a decisive step and was starting to take players on and had scored that goal. He gets one more appearance and is then cast aside. And it's, I just, I, 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 I'm a little bit baffled by it all. Mm. A little bit baffled by most of the selection on the pitch and the perseverance with a system, which to me is quite clearly failing. Yeah. Um, final thing that I imagine everyone who's listening to this will want us to have a chat about the manager. Um, Burnley fans were saying, singing today, Dave, after they went 1-0 up to Marcus Hilder, he's getting sacked in the morning. Um, Paddy mentioned there about him pulling it round. And I suppose you could look at this in one breath and say, Last winter, we had issues. Um, he got the team together over an international break and they came back and he looked a different side. Uh, but I think in that spell, we played some really good sides in Lexus City um, and Tottenham and Liverpool who we lost to. At the moment, we're getting beat by limited football teams who themselves aren't playing particularly well themselves. And as much as I don't want to sit here, and you know, I think anyone who listens to us regularly, we you will know we try to be quite level-headed about these things. We're not going to call for a manager's head after one or two defeats. It's... It's hard to see him pulling it back again, isn't it? It, it? It's very difficult to sit here now and say that Marco Silva is going to be in charge of Everton in a couple of months' time and this team is going to be playing good football and picking up good results. And with that in mind, and if the board thinks that as well, it's it's how it's how far down that path do you go? Because I suppose, like you said earlier on, it's, it's hard to sack a manager sometimes if there's no one really you want to come in and replace them. But in the same breath, I suppose every game you have with the current manager you've got, who you might not necessarily be convinced on, is another step back mm. for the next person to come in and, and recover <clears> from. So I think regardless of which way the club go on this, they've got an absolutely massive decision to make, haven't they, over the next couple of days or couple of weeks? Well, it, it's the, the classic uh, stick or twist sort of scenario, really, isn't it? And, and <laughs> where, where do you want it then? I, I, I personally wouldn't sack him, yeah. I think the West Ham game, I think I'd probably look until then, see if the team respond after the break. But if that goes badly, then it, it could be untenable. But but sat here now after after that, what you've seen today over the last what five defeats in six Premier League games, where do you stand on it? I go as far as saying I think he probably deserves to lose his job. Um, and I I hate saying things like that. I hate it uh, just for the sort of real life scenario that I don't ever want to see anybody lose their job. Um, but obviously we all have to perform in our jobs, otherwise we get sacked, don't we? This is the way of life. Um, and obviously he'll be handsomely rewarded if he does leave um, so take that off the table for a minute I think that it, it becomes untenable when there's no sign of change uh, we've seen it with, and we've seen it the thing is Matt the most frustrating thing is and this is where Marco Silva's probably more guilty of it than anyone that's gone before him in recent years is that there's evidence there's precedence being set <clears throat> that have proven to us that unless you're willing to change things up 
or try something different or be bold, maybe play two up front, maybe stop with the two defensive midfield players. Um, that You do pay for it with your job. And we're not, it sounds strange to say this, but we're not a sacking club per se. Um, because some might feel that even Koeman got too long in the end, really. Um, but yeah, it does come back to the crux of the problem, what the alternative is. Now, everyone will have their, their say. There'll be everyone out there from Mikel Arteta to getting David Moyes back to things like that. It, that doesn't really matter. It, what What matters is who's ready and available to come in. Otherwise, you don't sack him. Because I think Everton with Marco Silva is better than Everton with no manager right now. And dare I say, better than Everton with David Unsworth, who will be, I would imagine, the go-to uh, immediate interim replacement if, if Silva was to lose his job right now. Um, <clears throat> so for that reason, I, I think we stick with him unless there is an alternative readily available. Does he deserve to lose his job? I think he does because there's there's no there's no room for change here. There's not there seems absolutely nothing. The stubbornness once again, the stubbornness of an Everton manager looks like it's going to be their undoing. And for him, it it, it doesn't seem to be showing any signs of getting any better. You know, and the, the all the optimism he, he he garnered from that last portion of last season, you know, to look at it another way, and, and I'm quite a cynical Evertonian, as many of our listeners will know. I looked at those games that we won towards the back end, and I'm not just saying this in hindsight. I, I mentioned it at the time. Yeah, I remember, I remember you saying it. It felt yeah. like we were very much in a comfort zone playing those games. We didn't have much... Yet the, the teams coming to Goodison absolutely had something to play for, but it felt like comfortable. Like the Man City game last week, felt like a relatively easy performance for Everton to come out and do because the backs are against the wall, because there's nothing really to lose, in inverted commas. Um, even this early in the season it felt like well we're playing the champions we might as well have a go I think it's very easy to get players up for a game like that I think it's very easy to do so when you've got Liverpool coming to Goodison Park needing to win to win a Premier League title that I think the motivation is there it speaks for itself and it wouldn't have needed much of a team talk to get the players up for it where you need to get the players up for it are Sheffield United at home Look, lads, you're playing a newly promoted side who everybody's expecting you to beat. Very easy to become complacent and have a blase attitude about that. Same going away to Burnley. We beat these 5 1. We were in a similar situation on Boxing Day, what, 10 months ago. The, you know, we, we should be beating the side like this. And it feels to me like that there's, there's a lot of egos within that dressing room where people just seem to think that the base level of performance is fine. It feels fine to be able to come out and say, oh, I'm sorry, we lost that game. It, it's it's simply not good enough. The demand's there from the supporters. We go there every single week, every single time we're away from home. We sell out. The supporters aren't going anywhere, yet there's nobody internally at Everton holding these people to a standard. And, you know, I hate to go down the cliche route, but that motto on the club badge is laughing stock, isn't it? Oh, Let's yeah. be honest. It's, yeah. it, it means absolutely nothing to anybody within the four walls of that football club. And, you know, you, you we, we discussed about with Rob Vader on one of the kickabout shows that we recently about the, 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 the notion of there being a curse and things like that. But you do actually wonder how any of it ever changes. Where does the clear-out start? Does it start at the top? You've got many fans who are still land-based Bill Kenwright over the years too. Um, Farm Mercedes had his fair taste of it now, haven't they? We're back there. Land-based. We're back there again now, aren't we? Yeah. Where people are probably saying, we need to rip this up and start it all over yeah. again. And you know, it's, 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 it doesn't feel like, well, we were there last year, weren't we? And like, <clears> to be in that position again, yeah. where it feels like we need 
so much change to even make one step forward. It's like you said, you know, the, the analogy used to start about being a boxer. Like, how many times can you keep taking those haymakers and yeah, getting up? It's, it's absolutely grim, isn't it? And, you know, you look with, with seven, was that eight games in now? Seven, eight, eight games, eight, eight games. Eight, We've got 30 points. games in the season, um, seven points from eight games. Six points. Seven points. Seven, it seven is, yeah. Points. Two wins and a draw. We drew a palace, didn't we? Six goals we scored. Six, is that Six it? goals in eight games. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, again, game. an indictment against the current manager because when he came in, there was a promise of goals, effervescent football, everything was going to be on the front foot and us really trying to influence games from the off. It just reverted to type. And once again, I'll say it, you can slap that performance under any of the last three three managers and you wouldn't be surprised if you put five, you know, if you, if you just woke up right now and said Everton had just been beaten 1-0 by Burnley at Turf Moor and Sam Allardyce was in charge, I'd absolutely believe it. And and it feels like that there's no lessons learned, and I think it's a just you've you've got to do your diligence when you become a manager at this football club. You've got to know where others have gone wrong. It's in the context of when you're there now as a manager. It's not just like I'm going to have a clean slate. I'm going to go in with my own ideas. You need to know what's gone before you, and it just seems like complete ignorance to me from so many the manager first and foremost. That there doesn't seem to be any willingness to change things and and. I, I just don't get it because it seems and look we're not football managers we only see it from the outside that's all we can go on so innocently I will say that this that I feel as if the if any Evertonian was in those four walls they, they'd do something that would be like well let's change things let's maybe try someone else up front let's maybe try and play 4-3-3 that you've spoken about so much Marco contradictions all over the place it's just a complete cock up at the moment that football club, and it has been. Let's face it, for for several years, many years now. Yeah, where where do you even go from from there from from, from the points raised? Really? Well, I'll, I'll ask you, Paddy. Do you think he'll still be in the job come the West Ham game or not? Um, if you'd asked me before the Burnley game, I'd have said yes. Um, I'm, I'm based on very little at all other than instinct, obviously. First of all, he's yeah. much less likely now, given given the result. Um, all you can say is there's a decision to make, isn't there? If you lose five games out of six, with only one of them coming against the top six side, at the very least you can say that Everton have got a decision to make. If they believe he's the right man, then they need to back him and they need to give him that time. Um, but you wouldn't be surprised if creeping doubts of I've started to set in because of the things we've outlined over the last 20 to, to 30 minutes. Um, it's a huge period for Everton. It really, really is. And I remember last season, um, an international break was the catalyst for an upturn in, in fortunes for Everton. I think it was after the Watford game. Mm-hmm. Myself and Dave went down to that and that was a, another god-awful away performance, a little bit like that one, actually, that we saw today. Um Everton regrouped and, and got better. Um, can the players pick themselves up now under this manager? Will this manager still be here? I mean, I guess they're all, they're all legitimate questions at this moment in time. Um, it's going to be really intriguing to see the answer because um, there, there are very few rays of, of sunshine here. There are very few things you can... Like I said earlier, that you can pin your hat on and go, well, he's playing well, or this partnership's looking good, or or bloody 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 blah. There's there's nothing really about the side that kind of, like I said earlier, seems to be working. That marks it out as anything other than a side that's really really struggling at this moment in time. And I think you said to me, uh, I spoke to you in Rigby's after the Manchester City game, mm. 
think you said to me, and this this has stuck with me since, you kind of wonder where the next win comes from. Um, and I mentioned to you guys earlier that I, I'm, I'd be surprised if they won against West Ham, given the way West Ham are playing at this moment in time. Brighton, as we've said, I've just beaten Tottenham uh, and looked very good at the Amex. Um, so if Silva does keep his job, um, then he's going to have an uphill task getting wins in the next few games. And Well, I mean, five out of six is bad, but if that becomes six out of seven yeah. and eight out of nine... Um, or whatever it may be. With the Watford game between them, haven't we as well, yeah? With the Watford game between, then that's not just a really bad run of form, but that is a run in which we've seen other managers lose jobs, lose other, other managers lose jobs. So um, for me, it's less about endeavour. I, I think we will get stuff on Twitter inevitably and, and on other social media platforms about the players don't do this, the players don't do that. It, it, I don't think it's about perspiration I don't necessarily think perspiration's out of this I just think there's a fundamental lack of quality and like I said there's a there's a brainlessness about some of the play like Seamus Coleman doing what he did uh, Schneidlin making some of the decisions he did on the edge of the box um, giving away needless free kicks and, and fouls making the wrong decision on the ball it's that's that's not an endeavour for me that's just not being very good at football and not knowing what to do in the right moments and um, yeah you might be able to get a manager that comes in and kind of reinvigorates things temporarily. You might be able to get a manager that does it in the medium term. But in my head, I look at this and I think you'd have to look pretty outside of the box to see how Everton could push on now this season. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody... It's not like there's a manager that's out of work at the moment that you think, well, you come in and turn this side into top six, yeah. top seven contenders. You could ask 10 Evertonians and get them all in the room. And obviously this is where Marcel Brands earns his corn. But some of the options for moving Everton forward now, to me, don't seem pretty inspiring. Don't seem inspiring at all. So and it's he, kind of like, who, who'd you get? Yeah, and even some of them will look at the current situation and go, don't fancy going in there. No. I'm a team that's on its knees and, you know, it's got different players from different regimes and, you know, no set identity and all, all that kind of thing. So. Well, a, team that, a team that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not a def- it's not a defensive side. It's not a side that plays good football. It's not a side that scores goals. It's a side with a complete lack of identity, a lack of goal scorer to turn things around. When you look at... Uh, I'm not for one minute suggesting Everton will get relegated, but when you, when you look uh, at some of the sides that have narrowly stayed up over the years... They've always managed to consolidate and they've always managed to have a goal score. Jermaine Defoe is the kind of guy that relegated or side that were about to be relegated would always sign to kind of get them out of that lurch. At the moment, Everton are in a situation which they're creating so few chances and they're falling to players that aren't natural goal scorers. That's that's not actually a slight on anyone uh, in the front line. It's not a slight on Calvert-Lewin. It's not a slight on Moise Keane. They're not getting the opportunities. Um, So it seems to me that it's, it's even a new manager might get something out of these players just in terms of a bounce effect for five or six games. But there are deeper problems than just hiring and, and sacking a manager. And I think there are big issues wrong with the system. But I don't think equally, um, if we if we, if we we push this on, I don't think you can necessarily just have someone come in and wave a magic wand around yeah. and everything suddenly will be all right. They're paying the price for four, five, six, seven years of bad decisions on and off the pitch. Um, bad managerial appointments, bad signings, all those kind of things. 
mental fatigue that set in among some players after bad wins, defeats in the past. Um, and it, how you rectify that, actually, I think is quite, is quite an interesting one because I don't think there is an obvious solution. And I don't think it's as easy as Everton just... It, it, this is not it's not a case for or against Marco yeah. Silva. It's just an observation. I don't see necessarily um, how this picks up overnight. Yeah, uh, we've done thirty three minutes there. I think it's safe to say that none of us really know what to do next <laughs> when it comes to Everton. Uh, oh dearie me! Um, we will try and enjoy the rest of our weekend. Make sure you try and enjoy yours as well. Got two weeks about the toffees for now, but uh, we'll still have you covered. We're all sorts on Blue Room Extra. Uh, it feels like an international break where we might have quite a lot to discuss. So if you want to hear more from us, do go over to patreon.com slash Blue Room Extra. Uh, thanks very much to Dave and to Paddy as well. Uh, we'll speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.